Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. A good Saturday morning to you and a good Labor Day weekend to you. Uh, Bill, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jason. I uh, hope you're doing well. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's a, uh, Labor Day. It's a long weekend for everyone. And, and of course, uh, here in North Carolina, we have so much to be thankful for. And and uh, I do hope that everyone in, enjoys uh, the weather and the long weekend. Uh, it's uh, hard to get past what's going on in Texas, and, and we certainly send our thoughts and prayers to those folks uh, in Texas suffering from uh, you know, the flood. And of course, so many people here in North Carolina um, have experienced the same thing. It was only last October um, that Hurricane Matthew did uh, its damage here in eastern North Carolina. And now we see Harvey and, um, you know, 40 to 50 inches of rain. That would be a flood even if you didn't count uh, yeah. all the rivers and swelling and everything else that uh, that has occurred. You know, they've said that uh, this was a storm that might occur every thousand years. You know, that's uh, about as bad as it gets. Um so it really is a sad state because uh, so many folks have lost everything. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see. It's hard uh, to see. And, you know, well, we dealt with that back in October, as you said. And um, there's, there's a helpless feeling and uh, there's a feeling of powerlessness. But, um, you know, there's, uh, I know that since I've been associated with the program, we've never talked about, you know, impacts of natural disasters or catastrophic events in life. And, mm -hmm. you know, this this may be a good time for folks to kind of sit back and sort of assess things. Well, you know, here in North Carolina, we don't really see it. You know, we, mm -hmm. we uh, have already seen a little spike in gasoline prices, um, but nothing like what has occurred in Texas. And of course, our friends in eastern North Carolina know all about how this devastation works and what it what it means to them. But uh, for so many folks, they just have to start all over. But right now, it's just a matter of trying to get out of the shelters and, and uh, start uh, cleaning up. Um, but it's, it's just amazing uh, what has occurred. You know, and the fact, you know, these disasters, um, there's some things you can plan for mm -hmm. in terms of uh, being prepared for it, and there are other things you just can't. They overwhelm you no matter matter what. And, and life is just that way, even f for those of us who are in no danger at all from, from this particular storm, life happens. And, um, you know, from our perspective, uh, it's... And, and to put a, an asset protection analogy to it, um, uh, the, the fact of the matter is is that there's so many things that you can do in pre-planning. You know, it's just like when the storms occur, the last-minute things, uh, what do they do? People run out to the grocery stores and clear mm -hmm. out the water and the milk and and anything that they think they might need to hibernate for, <laughs> they fill up their gas cans. Um, but that's really not pre-planning. That that's just last-minute kind right. of thing. What that that you can really do. But and uh, you know there are many things you can put in place in order to protect your assets as it relates uh, to asset protection planning too. 
But once disaster strikes, there's not an effective asset protection plan. You have to do it well in advance in order for it to be effective. Um, One of the first rules of thumb in terms of asset protection planning is that everything has to be okay. If if, uh, someone has already sued you, or someone, even if they don't have a judgment yet, your ability to move your property around is very, very limited. Um, and if and if you've already created an instant, but you haven't been sued yet, you, the 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 situation is still very much the same. So you have to get in advance of mistakes and issues that have occurred in in order to do that kind of planning. Um, so it, it's it's really important for folks to understand. I hate to to may even make an analogy with what's going on in Texas. I um, I just can't imagine um, how I mean so many folks are going to be competing for the same supplies mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's needy at at this point. Uh, everybody. And it's all we can. Well, all we can do in North Carolina is try to find ways to help support. I, I mean, I know in my church we we had people to go down to to New Orleans after Katrina for years. Every, every year we sent a group of, of uh, men and women to assist. And Texas is going to be even worse. I, you know, I, I guess this is kind of kind of uh, silly, but. I never would have guessed that Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States. Did you know that? I knew it was up. I didn't quite know it was four. <laughs> I knew it was in the top ten, um, you know, based on media market size. And well, that, I guess that sort you're into thing. that sort of stuff. But I would have thought Dallas was bigger than Houston. But uh, of course, Houston is probably going to shrink a good bit because <laughs> folks are going to be able to live yeah. there for uh, probably two or three years. Um, sort of, uh, you know. Um, I mean, I guess to some degree, folks in New Orleans, uh, you know, Louisiana has so much water, people are, are used to living around water there. But I don't think that's quite as true in, <laughs> in Texas and Houston particularly. But uh, it's, it's uh, just so sad what has happened there. And um, it's, it's hard to, to uh, you know, it's... You got first response, and of course we've sent uh, the National Guard and others uh, to assist, and many states are assisting Texas, which is really good. Um, And I know that there will be a a lot of good-hearted people that are making plans to try to assist, but you have to be real careful because going down there now, you're going to be in the way instead of really helping uh, <laughs> there's one, you know, there's one thing about being neighborly, and there's another thing about uh, uh, your uh, efforts won't be appreciated because uh, there's so many things that have to be done. Certainly, financial contributions I know will be mm-hmm. appreciated. Uh, and uh, this, uh, you, you know, the the Red Cross is pretty good uh, initially. Um, the Red Cross is really not. A, a long-term organization. They'll be there for a little while. Um, and, and uh, you know, contributions are appreciated, but, you know, there are a lot of other organizations that will be in uh, in that area for a much longer period of time with much more sustained 
uh, assistance for folks just have to look for the right place to make their contributions. I've, you know, um, after the first few weeks with, with the Red Cross, money going there will be diverted to other storms uh, and other emergencies other than Harvey. So you have to be real careful uh, in terms of contributions there. I mean, I was chairman of the Red Cross in Cabarrus County, and so I'm very familiar with how their internal money system works, and I don't like it, quite frankly. I shouldn't say that because the Red Cross is a good organization which does a lot of service uh, in the cause. And so, But there are a lot of other organizations out there that do a sustained effort over a long period of time, and I would certainly encourage folks to to do what they can. That, that's what, that's, um, I mean, that's part of what we do as Americans. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can step up and everybody can help out a little bit in their own way, whether, as you said, it's financially or through time and effort. Uh, there's, there's various options for everyone. Well, we're going to dig into some, uh, some asset protection. I know we, uh, uh, hate that we had to start out the show like this, but, um, you know, unfortunately it's, it's a, it's a big concern right now. And again, our thoughts and prayers do go to everyone affected by Hurricane Harvey in Texas. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. A good Saturday morning to you. And Bill, uh, we, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to be talking about Social Security, um, you know, we, we kind of hinted on this a little bit last week when we were talking about how financial concerns differ by generation. And, you know, I, when, when you talk about Social Security, you probably have something in your mind. And when I talk about Social Security, it's a, it's a little bit different for me I and mean, what I'm expecting Social Security to be. Well, it's, it's like this. No matter how you think about Social Security, um, truthfully, it is one of the most important contributions you make. It is also um, going to be, for most people, uh, what they live on in retirement. Uh, even today, um, uh, many, 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 a high percentage of my clients, and of course, as you know, many of my clients are seniors, they're older, uh, but a large percentage of them, their only source of income is Social Security. Now that does, now some people come with a large nest egg, and some people have no nest egg. That's a different issue. But in terms of just regular income that they can depend on from month to month, many you know a high percentage today Social Security is it. And for many people, that may only be. Eight or nine hundred dollars a month. For others, it may be fifteen hundred. For others, it may be thirty-five hundred a month. But it just depends. And quite frankly, most uh, clients I see have Social Security checks of fifteen hundred dollars or less. But let's move into the future. You know, today there are still many folks, uh, retirees, and those who are about to retire, who still have a pension plan who still, you know, they receive more than Social Security. They get um, a check every month uh, from a pension. But the problem is, and you see this, all those pensions pretty much have gone away with one exception, and even the exception may go away during your lifetime. And that is right now about the only companies or the only employees that have a pension plan are government 
employees. You know, if you work for the county, the state, or the federal government, or in the military, there is a fairly good pension. I mean, it's very meaningful for those folks. But for everyone who doesn't work for the state or for the federal government, uh, guess what, or the county, there are, there are no pensions anymore. So that it really means that Social Security will be that much more important in the future. So <clears throat> the thing about it is people are living longer. You know, uh, you're expected to live longer than me as a percentage because you're that much younger. I'm expected to live longer than my parents lived. Um, you know, it's um, – and so – the the rules about what to expect in retirement uh, are completely different than when Social Security started. Um, I do believe that for your age and younger, uh, retirement will mean 70 mm-hmm. as opposed to mid-60s. Um, now, there are folks out there that have the financial ability to retire earlier and those kind of things, but most people don't. And there'll be an awful lot of folks that cannot live exclusively on Social Security. It won't be enough. So they have to find another way to make income uh, meaningful to them. Or uh, people will have to live differently to go back to the way America was, you know, 50 years ago when you had three generations living in the same home. Well, that's not the way – folks are today, but in the future, it may actually go back that way because it it may be the only way that, that people can survive financially. It's, um, it's going to be very different. So the bottom line is your Social Security elections become that much more important. And a lot of folks don't realize they have choices when it comes to Social Security, and that's... Um, extremely important for folks to know. Now, clearly, most of the folks listening to the show today uh, have already made their elections. They're receiving their Social Security check, and they they, uh, hopefully are enjoying life and that sort of thing. But uh, so many of us still have those elections in front of us. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, maybe I need to invite my good good friend uh, back who can talk about these more specifically? And I'm talking about Warren Coble down in in, in Asheville. Um, excuse me, Asheboro, uh, North Carolina. Wonderful man, uh, the real uh, guru, if you will, of of uh, Social Security and Medicare and special needs situations as it relates to how disability and all that fits together. And of course, I do a lot of that planning too. But okay. If you're a widow uh, of a deceased person, you can take Social Security at 60. But they don't tell you that you still get a penalty. So for those folks who don't absolutely need the money, they should defer receiving their Social Security. You can take your Social Security at age 62. That's for everybody else who's not a widow or a widower. Um, but truthfully, unless you're sick and you know that you have a shortened life expectancy or you're starving, it's downright dumb to take Social Security at 62. Why? Because you get a lifetime penalty for taking it at early that mm-hmm. you can never make up. 
Um, so what's full retirement age? Full retirement age right now is 66, for, but that's changing. Uh, and so over the next number of years, the full retirement age will be 67 rather than 66. So there'll be a number of folks that have 66 in a month or two or you know six months or mm-hmm. the like because there's a transition period that's coming in place. But the only way not to be penalized is to delay taking your Social Security um, un- until whatever your full retirement age is. And th- that's one of the smartest things anyone can do for themselves. Now, there are a lot of other things. Uh, you have to understand that every year that you delay, now every month that you delay, there's about a three-quarters of a percent increase in what you will receive each month. But for every year, there's an 8% guaranteed increase. Well, that's better than what your financial advisor is going to say that they can, and, and, and your financial advisor can't guarantee it. Right. But it's written into the law, uh, <laughs> and it's guaranteed as it relates to Social Security. So, and actually, the best scenario for those who have the financial ability to delay is to wait until 70, because again, that's, that's now I can use my own example. As um, because I'm right there, I'm, I'm going to turn 66 soon, uh, which is my full retirement age. But if I had taken Social Security at 62, my Social Security check for the rest of my life would have been about $1,500. But I would have that would have been a lifetime penalty. Uh, it also would make a difference in terms of what my spouse could take because she could elect half of my Social Security. Mm. Uh, and upon my death, she can take all my Social Security. So my election affects my spouse as well. But it also meant that I, I wouldn't be able, if I continued to work, which, of course, I have because I love what I do, um, the it would mean that I'd get a double penalty because then my Social Security would be taxed. It'd take a dollar away for every $2 earned after about $19,000 of earnings. So huge penalty in there for someone who's continuing to work. And so, again, if you're continuing to work, it's a no-brainer not to take your Social Security. That's okay. But if I waited till 66, then my Social Security would rise up to $2,500. It's a big difference. That's a big difference. Lifetime, that's an extra $1,000 a month <laughs> forever until I die. And it also benefits my spouse. Well, if I wait till 70, my Social Security check goes up to almost $3,500 a month. Well, that's huge difference between 1500 lifetime or $3,500. Now, a month. And, of course, that's until I die. And, again, it affects my spouse, because guess what? Upon my death, she, she, if my, my Social Security is bigger than hers, she gets uh, all of it. And, um, you know, also there are elections where she can take half of my Social Security and delay taking hers. So that can uh, significantly increase our combined um, Social Security. But mm-hmm. it's a whole lot better having $3,500 a month than it is $1,500 a month because 
you know, I can never, other than uh, cost of living increases to Social Security, you see, guess what? I get a third more by delaying my Social Security in terms of the cost of living because the percentage increase does that to my Social Security. So, again, it's a no-brainer to delay if you can. So the only reasons for not taking your Social Security at 70 or at least full retirement age is because you have no other choice. You're going to starve if you don't take it or – you know that your life expectancy is shorter. You, you have medical problems where you know you're not going to live to um, – now, for me, if I have to live until I'm 82 if I delay till 70 in order to make up all of the money that I didn't receive. But after that, it's a gravy train right. in terms of, of making a big difference. So, And guess what? Both men and women – today have a life expectancy that's greater than 82. Now, we, we all read, you know, uh, in the paper, the obit- well, no, you probably don't read obituaries. <laughs> when you get to my age, you know, you really do to check, make sure your friends aren't in there, um, uh, among other things. But the, but the bottom line is that uh, we all know that, that there are f- folks who are unfortunate and they, they die young. Uh, and uh, whether and it's not necessarily because a truck runs over them, but it's it just that's part of life. It happens, and but the majority of us will live long lives, you know, mid eighties or later. Uh, and there'll be a long, a large percentage of us, much larger than before, that'll live into our nineties. Don't know if we'll get there, but mm-hmm. you know, it's the kind of thing where uh, I'd much rather make those kind of choices um, assuming because the worst kind of thing is assume you're going to die young and you don't right <laughs> and then you're going to run out of money well it's I'll have to tell you a funny story and I pro and I'll probably have to wait until we come back because I know you're ready to take a break uh, you're giving me the signal <laughs> evil eye so I'll tell you the story when we come back yeah let's let's pay some bills here real quick Bill uh, quick break and back you're listening to asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on news radio 680 WPTF you're listening to asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander you can find more about him at wgalaw.com you're listening to news radio 680 WPTF and I'm Jason Kong and Bill just before the break we were talking about Social Security, and uh, and you promised us a, a funny story, so we're, uh, we, well, we all hung around. It's we're ready. funny to me. I don't know <laughs> how funny it'll be to you, but but my mother, uh, and she was a wonderful woman. She died in two thousand eight, but my my mother um, was an orphan. Um, she was a little girl when uh, her mother died, um, uh, and. Her, she was reared by her grandmother and great-aunt Mandy uh, in eastern North Carolina, actually in Spring Lake, uh, in that area. And, um, and obviously she was reared a wonderful uh, young lady. Um, but because her mother died when she was so young, um, my mother always assumed she would die young. You know, her mother died when she was in her uh, young 30s, or early 30s. Uh, and she she assumed she would too, uh, and of course, um, 
so, you know, World War II basically came along and interrupted uh, my parents. My dad was born in 2000, I mean, in 1911. My dad, my about mother, to get very confused. <laughs> my mother was born in 2016. She was five years younger than my dad. Uh, and so um, my parents actually got married um, during the war. Uh, wow. And my mother moved out to San Francisco and. Then uh, I was the fourth child, uh, and actually my mother got pregnant a fifth time, but lost our, the fifth child in childbirth. So I ended up being the youngest child of the of the crowd. But um, I, I, it's really sort of funny because my mother always thought she would die young, and so when we were fairly young children. Um, she would act, you know, she would actually, um, go around, talk to, talk to my dad about other women that he might want to marry after she died. Uh, now that's the funny part. And finally, my dad got so been out of shape whether she's, you know, he said, Myrtle, if you die, I'll pick out my own wife. <laughs> so that, but uh, but the thing about it is 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 that just even if you think that uh, the possibility of that happening uh, are uh, probably not there. I mean, because my my mother, uh, who was this orphan who lost her mother when her mother was in her early thirties. Uh, she outlived my dad by 20 years, and she died when she was 92 years old. And she was a wonderful lady and enjoyed life uh, pretty much. Uh, she missed my dad after he died, for sure, but uh, in, a, in a big way. But I learned an awful lot from my mama. But uh, in terms of that particular one, my, I think my dad was right on target there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good story, and it just goes to show, you know, it's— uh, Unless you have some really concrete medical evidence, it's that stuff is hard to predict. Well, of course it is. Uh, my wife lost both of her parents when uh, she was in her twenties. Uh, in fact, before um, bef- before we got um, uh, before we were married, she had lost both of her parents who died when they were in their fifties, and she was in her early twenties as a. Um, and and so the the bottom line is I met my wife on a blind date and uh, and we went to this uh, junior women's club event and her parents were actually there and I met them um, uh, at that point but then uh, she dumped me uh, she went back to her boyfriend and it was about four years later that we picked up our relationship and and then got married later after that but uh, so I really never knew her parents other than having met them the one time at this uh at this event so it's you know life is uh, and and my my wife has already outlived both of her parents by over 10 years and she's in great health and all is well so i mean you just can't predict those things uh life is funny like that so uh, how should you use that to for for planning you know what, what what should you take away from that well from my perspective you need to assume that you're going to live a long life Unless you have the doctor saying, ain't going to happen, you really, for planning purposes, you really have to assume. Otherwise, you're going to be worrying about running out of money every other day. So uh, that's, the, you know, that's one of the big concerns for seniors is they don't 
want to have that feeling that they could run out of money. You know, that's one of the things we do is to make sure that spouses don't get impoverished when the other spouse gets sick and needs long-term care. Because long-term care is one of the things that will devastate a person's wallet. Um, and, and typically, you have a healthy spouse that sees their nest egg being drained. Um, and, and so that's where we can come in and, and help uh, in almost every case. We can make sure that people don't lose their nest egg and, and get the help they need. So it's uh, that's what we do. That's why we're pretty popular, I think, in terms of, of what we do as, as attorneys. But it, it's you can't assume that you're going to die young. That's a horrible uh, presumption for folks to make. Um, and so, you, to me, you have to make decisions and you uh, based upon a long life. And that that means saving your money, putting money away in retirement accounts. That's And so many people delay that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so living below your means, uh, in, in other words, those folks that spend every penny they earn are making a horrible mistake. Or if they uh, borrow too much money and they can't pay it back, uh, are making a horrible mistake. Now, sometimes there are crises. I mean, just think of Houston, Texas right now, mm-hmm. where life happens and you have no choice. But if you have choices that are reasonable, you know, it's not difficult to live a little less and live below your means so that you do have money that you can put away for a rainy day. Um, now, I realize that most folks out there will just say, can't do it. We're going to go ahead and do what we have to do. But for those, the, the folks who are really smart are going to be saving money and putting it away. For, and I hate to use the analogy of a rainy day, particularly with what happens has happened in Texas. Uh, but, of course, we've experienced here in North Carolina as well. Same, uh, not any real different. Um, it's just different folks this time. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, in so many aspects of life, uh, you know, we, we talk about the importance of planning. But uh, oftentimes, if for the folks who are, you know, not planning and preparing, it's you're setting yourself up for a, a, a financial disaster or, mm-hmm. you know, could be just, just life hits you. And after that happens... It's, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to recover without that planning right. and preparation. No, no question about it. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. You can also find him tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22 for his TV show, Money secrets. Get more Bill in your life. Wake up with him Sunday morning, and uh, and Bill, this is a, a fun program that you do. Well, I I appreciate that very much, and I I guess I I should also mention uh, that next week uh, Shazia is going to be doing uh, her uh, uh, seminar. Uh, not this is not our regular seminar, but um, uh, she's doing a seminar next week on estate planning documents and uh, asset protection, which I think will be very helpful. Um, my recollection is that her seminar is uh, next week, the 7th of September at, um, is it, um, uh, is that Wednesday next week? Uh, it's Thursday. Thursday, Thursday at yeah. noon. 
Uh, and so for folks who are interested in going, uh, please call the office, uh, 256-7000, uh, and let us know you'll be there. Uh, but I, I know that uh, she would uh, appreciate folks coming if, if they're interested in that. And here's some of the things that folks really need to understand. What is, we surprise a lot of folks with the options that they have in terms of being able to protect what they have for the benefit of their spouse and children. Um, and truthfully, most simple is okay for you. It really is, Jason, but because... Um, you know, you can get by with a simple power of attorney, a simple will that leaves your property to your spouse uh, and or uh, for your children. But, of course, uh, you know, because you have young children, it would make sense for you to have a, at least a trust for your children and your will. But for, for the most folks who have are in their middle years and their children are, are, are grown where you don't need a trust for your children, simple planning actually probably works best as long as, uh, I mean, assuming it's a first marriage and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, but as people get older, they get into their 70s, if you will, and they're still young in heart. Um, <laughs> but th at that point, oftentimes ha having better documents, in other words, the fact that, I mean, I hear it so often, well, we went to an attorney and we got our documents. Well, the fact is most attorneys don't give seniors the right documents. They give them the simple documents that they should have had when they were 50 rather than what they need in their 70s and 80s. And while the health care documents that are offered are typically just fine, it's the financial documents and the will where the options are so much greater. Mm -hmm. um, and truthfully, I would tell you, 98% of seniors do not have the right kind of general durable power of attorney for the kinds of problems that they will encounter as seniors. Because what, I mean, the seniors who don't have horrible things going on, what are their greatest concerns? What's well, real easy? It's how do I stay independent and in control? And how do I leave a legacy for my family? Those, those are the two biggies for many, many seniors who are doing really well. And I agree with those goals completely. I mean, I, staying independent and staying in control is extremely important for folks. And it should be. And guess what? The general durable power of attorney is one of the documents, if not the most important document, in allowing you to stay in control and to leave a legacy for your family. Because the, t the typical power of attorney that most folks have are what's called transactional documents. It allows your spouse or your uh, child to pay your bills and to sell your truck and to sell your farm or to sell your house. But it doesn't protect a thing. It just means you can convert one asset into cash or mm -hmm. into a different asset. That's not overly helpful when you're trying to protect your assets. And so 
uh, having an aggressive power of attorney is one of the most important life di- See, I always think life issues are 10 times more important than death issues. You have opportunities to leave your legacy. Uh, you can protect your spouse. You can protect your children, depending on the type of of uh, trust or will that you create. But you have those options as opposed to just, I leave it outright to my spouse or I leave it outright to my children. And most folks who are trying to leave a legacy for their spouse and children, actually it's surprising that to the choices that they have if they have a good planner that can do this for them. And of course in, in my office, uh, we're a little bit special over and above your typical planner uh, or estate planner because we understand all of the government assistance issues. We understand Medicaid and veterans benefits and special assistance and Medicare and the other issues that come along that are so important to integrate into um, an estate plan. Uh, or, or at least it is for many, many folks. And, of course, we do high-end tax planning as well uh, uh, for folk. Income tax planning uh, tends to be more important for most families now rather than estate tax planning, but we do it all. We do special needs planning. So we integrate all of the complexities uh, that families face today uh, as opposed to just having simple wills or simple trusts. Um, we, we can do it all. And that makes us different. And we like the difference, quite frankly. Yeah. And it's it's so important, too, because kind of as you were hinting at earlier, that a, a lot of people probably don't even know that these options exist and that, you know, and they're not going to encounter that, obviously, on, on their end if something does go wrong. But it's it's so important because you, you want that legacy to be fulfilled and you want mm-hmm. things to uh, go the way that you, you're planning, at least in your mind, for them to. But you got to have the documents that back that up. Well, uh, and it's, it's funny, but uh, it's not unusual for somebody to come into the office and, and simply uh, say something like, we're just simple folks. We just need simple documents. And, and actually, oftentimes, there's nothing further from the truth. When they say that, what they're really saying is, don't charge us a whole lot. <laughs> uh, and I understand that. Uh, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that oftentimes, these are the very same folks. When they learn that they have options that they were never aware of, they choose those options rather than real simple documents because it fits them better. And that's what it's all about, having uh, the kind of planning in place that is what you specifically need. Um, and, of course, there's also a, an awful lot of asset protection planning that goes into uh, these uh, documents. Uh, and the thing about it is most folks don't realize that there's planning that you can do that is very, very effective uh, for not only a sick spouse, but for the surviving spouse. Uh, there's also planning that you can do when, when two people are aging in place and they're doing well, but they know that when one dies that the other is going to require some assistance. And there's planning for that. Uh, but it's not just simple, here it is, 
you know, take what we have and mm-hmm. hope you survive and see you around in heaven, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of options available. And if you think this is something that you need to look into, highly recommend you checking out WGALaw.com or giving Bill a call in the office at 919-256-7000. That's 919-256-7000. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong, and Bill, we're uh, almost out of time here, but I, I felt like we've uh, we've learned some good lessons here about Social Security and important steps that you need to take with asset protection. Well, so so many things that you can do are long-term strategies. And so, of course, I, I realize that most of my friends out there are past that stage where they have 30 or 40 years where they can implement a long-term strategy, but they have the wisdom of years where they can share this with their children and grandchildren. And, you know, it's just like if you think a lot of uh, long-term strategies like paying off a mortgage. You know, one of the things, at least from my perspective, in terms of when you retire, the two most important things in retirement uh, other than having saved for it, is having no debt and having uh, your home paid off. Because if you go into retirement like that, your your money will go much, much farther, and that's what's so important. But guess what? Paying off a mortgage is a long-term strategy. It, it takes many years. Well, the same thing is true for retirement planning, putting money away. Money you put away 50 years is going to be far more important than money that you put away 10 years before you retire. So starting early is really important. The other thing is, you know, parents and grandparents, if they start on building a legacy when their children are born, I can show people some planning that will just blow your mind in terms of a legacy that you can leave if you start when your children or grandchildren are very young. A lot of folks only think about, well, I'd like to see my children go to college, and so I think I'll help them with some kind of educational plan. Well, that's nice, but to me, and that's really helpful, but I think there's some more important issues for that generation where people can really build a legacy if they wish. And I'll be more than happy to show those kind of plans to folks if if they want to come in and see us. Yeah, that'd be neat. You can uh, do that by giving Bill a call in the office, 919-256-7000. That's 919-256-7000. Or you can head over to WGALaw.com. I want to remind everyone that you can catch Money Secrets tomorrow morning and every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22. And uh, you can also give Bill a call in the office if you're interested in uh, in Shazia Keller's seminar uh, this coming Thursday, September 7th. Uh, it'll be on real estate or uh, estate planning and uh, and all sorts of asset protection. Shazia will have you covered. She does a great job. So if you're interested in that, it's a, a free seminar that you can int- attend. But you need to call the office in advance to register. 919-256-7000. We are out of time here. We will see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.